going to do like a case study in a way. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having us back here. Um, it feels like home. This is our home. You know, we haven't been home uh, much for 15 years, I'll, <laughs> I admit. Um, you know, we're probably wayward teenagers or something like this. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it's just good to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got to say that God loves mission. You know, God designed mission, you know. Like Jesus came to the earth because God wanted to bring people back to himself so that they could be sent out to give the message of Jesus to others, right? That's the, the simple message of the gospel, that God loves us and he wants us to go out and tell other people that. So with the triangle Suzanne had, it's kind of like God through us to others to bring them into relationship with God. Um, yeah, and so I guess um, we find that he loves what we're doing. We also know that he loves what you're doing here with your hub and with your reaching out to your neighbors and your community here. God is blessing. You know, when you go out, God goes with you and God blesses that. And he, he really, um, yeah, he's, I think he's really proud of Redcliffe Uniting for what you guys are doing here. Um, just briefly, uh, so with the PowerPoint, if we can have the um, PowerPoint, yes. I've got a, got a um, bit of a PowerPoint here and I'll just explain it. Some of these people have faces, some of them don't. Um, because we were thrown out of China last year, um, we, uh, we still have some slides of people who were with us in China. So just for security reasons, I blanked their faces out. So I want to talk a bit about what God is doing through us and often despite us in terms of transformation in Asia. And um, uh, just a bit of a background. So I was a family doctor down there in Deception Bay. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful news. Uh, yeah, I was a uh, family doctor at Morton Medical Center, Deception Bay there, for about, I think, 14 years, uh, wanting to go to the mission field, and then finally God said, now's the time for you to go as a family. So in 2005, we went as a family to China then. We were there for quite a while, and then um, we, uh, when we were thrown out, uh, we went to Thailand. So last time we talked to you guys, we just were in that phase of we're about to go back and resettle in Thailand. So we've been there for about a year in Chiang Mai, and uh, just God has been so gracious to us. He's embraced us, sent people to fellowship with. We have a team that we work with now, and even uh, in the last week, we um, we actually had the privilege of starting an administrator to help us with our work. Um, I just want to put in a little a brief ad. So what basically Suzanne is going to talk this morning about the, some of the work we've been doing in Nepal because what we've done from the base of Chiang Mai is um, God's inviting us to work in different Asian nations. So we work in about around about 12 uh, more of the undeveloped Asian nations and um, uh, the work we did in China is still happening through others, the people that we trained, uh, but we're doing things in different countries. So tonight we'll mainly tell you about Bangladesh, and the openings there, we just did a conference recently for 140 pastors. Uh, there was lots of ministry, lots of lovely worship. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're going to tell you about that tonight in a bit more depth. And also, just to mention, we also had the privilege of being part of a, uh, a, an, an Asian Christian Counseling Association conference in Bali, uh, where there's like 430 people, and our team gave about 20% of the input. So that's... that's um, that is not us. That's God at work multiplying and working through our team.
but I wanted to kind of feature on this this a little bit. So we're just we're just two people from Redcliffe Uniting who've gone. We now work uh, as partners with a mission agency called InterServe, uh, and we have a not-for-profit company called Living Wholeness, and we have a team that reaches into Asia. So that's kind of our structure, and that's our relationships with different bodies there. Uh, and Living Wholeness does training, resources, and community in the area of counselling, training particularly. Um, so with the training, uh, it's kind of a bit bamboozling, but we have, we've had training of people from all these different Asian nations, uh, either we've gone there and done trainings or people we've trained have gone there. Um, and so God is kind of working through our team to reach into Asia. Asia, believe it or not, has more than 2 billion people, you know. It's got five of the world's largest 10 countries in, in Asia. So there's kind of a lot of people there. Um, and so we also, God's leading us to uh, develop relationships primarily with seminaries to teach pastoral counseling and, and um, so we have a, a relationship with a seminary in Mongolia, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Thailand. And we also work with, I don't know if you know, Brisbane School of Theology. Uh, we have a partnership there. Suzanne's going to teach a master's course there in a couple of weeks, a master's subject. So we we're, um feels like God's leading us into these relationships with, um, you know, the, more the church than professional counseling, if you know what I mean. So we could, we could be training professional counselors through universities, but God doesn't seem to open that door. But we are training people through seminaries, training the church. Um, just briefly, this, this uh, illustrates the fact that if we put God at the top of a pyramid and friends and family, the church, uh, kind of parachurch agencies and professional counselors around the base, does that make sense? Uh, what we're doing is training people, individuals, pastoral counsellors, lay counsellors, uh, and then pastoral, advanced, and even leaders. That's kind of our model. And so if you look at this, this is just uh, shows the, the fact that um, four of, the four of us who lead this training impact those, 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 those. So we're training around that pyramid. So we're, tra- we're wanting to equip people at each of the corners of the pyramid. So if you translate that into Redcliffe language, potentially if Paul wanted to do some pastoral counseling training, um, you know, we could train pastors in that way. We could train your pastoral care team. We could train people who maybe want to do a little bit more in-depth counseling skills. Uh, and, we, and we're training people to train those people. That's our calling is training trainers. Uh, and steadily over the last um, kind of decade, you can see our team has grown from about 10 when we were in China to maybe about 40 people now who we would say are our main trainers and equippers. Uh, and these are some of the courses that we do. And um, I just want to show you, we have about 22 books. People are translating this into Mandarin. It's already in one in Spanish. Uh, they're translating a couple into Thai at the moment, um, yeah, and these are, these, this is kind of material. I think in the Western world we have easy access, you know. You can go to Kurong and you can just pick up a book on counseling or self-help. But in Thailand, I wrote this very simple book on um, depression, uh, how to overcome depression. 
and in Thailand, they're loving it. They say, yes, we've got to translate. They've got a translation project. They raise money and funding to translate it, and um, they can't wait to, to be able to help their people. There's 60 million people in Thailand. It's probably three times bigger than Australia, right, in terms of population. So, But mental health is not really anywhere near the standard that we, um, that we accept as normal in Australia. And, you know, there are other countries like Bangladesh and Nepal and so on where mental health is just like nothing. They might have one mental health hospital or one, maybe 10 psychiatrists for populations of 60 million or Bangladesh has got 175 million. So, yes, it's, um, yeah, we're way ahead in, in this area in Australia, but we want to um, be equipping um, the church, particularly in these countries, to be able to offer good mental health care. Uh, our community, we're strong on community. Uh, is the microphone working okay? Yep. Uh, we're strong on community. And so, uh, like, for example, when we were in Nepal doing a training at a seminary, Suzanne will tell you about, uh, this lady was the, uh, the main lady. She's the dean of studies uh, for women there. She was the one we worked with. Uh, Jill is the one that's working with us in Thailand. She's a missionary from England uh, who's, been, who's now joined our team. Pramod is a fellow who was one of our students when we were working in China. He came over from Nepal to China to be trained, and he's he actually came and trained with us at this training we did in, in um, uh, Kathmandu. And uh, Lily is also one of those that we've trained, and now she helped us with training. Um, this is some of our crazier days as, uh, as a team. And... Um, have helped me so much on my Can we just pause growth. that for a sec? I understand myself. Okay, so I just want to give you, these are just brief comments from three people. This is Iggy from Mongolia, then we have Pramod from uh, Nepal, and then we have um, Ying from Thailand. Just very short comments about the sort of work uh, that we are doing and that what, how they see that can help them or their country. Hi, CWF helped me so much on my personal growth. I understand myself better and I value myself as God values me. This growth gave me a passion that helped others to grow also in the same way. CWF is um, very practical because it leads person into God-centered transformation process and it applies to all relationships. For this reason, I would like to introduce CWF to Mongolians. Okay, so I don't know if you caught that. Some of the accent is a little bit hard to understand, but she, she was one of the students that went through our training in China, um, and her husband runs a seminary in, uh, in Mongolia, and so she invited our team to come and train at that seminary to train pastors in this new area of how to care at a deep level for people in terms of pastoral care. Um, so now we have Pramod. I cannot express my, what I learned through the training because it, this is massive. LWTP uh, is a, a really blessing to me uh, because it really changed my relationship with my wife and kids. 
before it was really messy in my family now i i can see my family is restored and my ministry i'm a pastor so before it was like a burden to me because so many responsibilities so many churches and disciples but now i can manage i can help them to uh, listen and understand and connect each other counseling field this is a beginning phase in nepal so i think uh, god is going to use me to aware this in nepal and save many lives uh, actually not by me but by his will did you get that yeah so this guy he um when he was 13 he was in a brahmin family he um was in a gang uh he the, the gang used to make him take drugs he got paralyzed from the drugs no one could help him and a hindu guy thought well maybe the church can help him so the Hindu guy picked him up and threw him into a church and ran away because he didn't want to be seen to be putting this kid in a, in a Hindu church. And as he got dropped in the church, God healed him of his paralysis and um, he became a Christian. Um, his Hindu family said it's either God or out. And he chose God, so he had to leave home at the age of 13. He was a street kid for three years in Kathmandu. Uh, and just um, God did all these things through him so that he um, realized, well, he, he prayed for someone and they, they were delivered of a demon and then they, they said, well, teach me more, right? So he, that was his first church plant. He now, after about 15 years, he now goes to the mountains two weeks a month and um, works with the mountain people up towards the Tibetan border from Nepal. And um, he is a very humble guy, but he has now, well, when, we, when he came to our training, he had five churches and 24 home groups in the mountains. Now he's got nine churches and 32 home groups in the mountains. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. He baptizes people in the, in the freezing mountain river. And, um, you know, his church is growing, growing, growing. And he's just so humble. And he really appreciates our support and help with him as he thinks through how to, um, how to grow and uh, help his church become he wants his church to become a family where you can feel known and appreciated because that's not always the case in Nepal culture um, and he really loves the training we we do CWF training he really loves that and and um, I guess rolls that out to his people um, yeah and then finally Ying so Ying uh, is the next one she's a Thai lady who has been full-time counselor but now that she's um, come across this training that we do um, she's she became, well, she decided, first of all, to form the Thai Christian Counselors Association. Um, so she and, and three other ladies have formed that. And um, uh, they use, they, they're just signing, in the process of signing a contract with us for using Christian counseling material, or CWF material, for all of um, the Thai Christian Counseling Association. That's her invitation, not ours. And this is what she says. And she's also just decided to go half-time leading CCAT, which is a Christian Counseling Association of Thailand, so that um, she can touch churches. And she, she and another fellow go to churches. Once a month, they go to a different church, different church, different church, and just explain what counseling is, how counseling can help the church grow in maturity and also reach out to the broken in their society in Thailand. Because like I say, mental health is not such a big thing there. Living wholeness um, can be used for personal growth, to strengthen relationship with others, uh, in marriage, in family, uh, to empower church 
organization and to transform the society. I love the picture language, which is very helpful in cross-cultural setting. I took a 70 hours training course last year and was amazed by this framework. It is a gift. I believe that it will bless Thai society and I do hope to have Living Honest curriculum and training courses in Thai language in the near future. So just to mention, um, so we, we, in a sense, uh, we have, we need personal support and that comes through InterServe, which is tax deductible. And then we also are looking for project support, which isn't tax deductible, which is through our company, um, Living Wholeness. So if you're interested in that, there are a few brochures out the back on Living Wholeness. If you're really interested, I've got more a detailed one, but I haven't got many copies of that. And there's a card for us if you want to just take that. You can make the first, the top of it a prayer card. You have to get a magnet, stick it on your fridge, and it has giving details on the back. Suzanne? So you can see it's an awesome privilege what we get to do. Hold on. What's happening? A lot of noise. Are we right? Um, and I think, I think I see similar struggles. I mean, probably a lot of people are feeling a bit unsettled by not just climate change, but coronavirus and floods and bushfires. I mean, life isn't as simple as it used to be. There's a lot more things to be worried about. <clears throat> and so in some ways, the struggles that people face here are similar to what people are facing in Asia. Although, of course, it's sort of, imagine three times the amount with people dying in China and earthquakes and um, lots of family issues and abuse and trauma. And so we've just found that this material seems to relate across all those levels. So um, I just want to tell you a little bit about a trip we did to Nepal, which was one of my favourite times um, it was such an honour. Who knows what that would be? Mount Everest, right? Yeah. That's a typical picture, just driving along in the streets in Nepal. They're still suffering from the earthquake and find their economy is pretty bad. But we went to the Nepal Theological College and taught for two weeks on pastoral care. And the top of the... Um, Bachelor students, those with the master's students, you can see we had a lot more fun in the bachelor, <laughs> the bachelor course. They were younger. These guys uh, came at 6 a.m. To, to 9 a.m. That was the time they could get free to do their training. And so David said that their morning started like this. It was black when they got up. Um, I think that's why my course went better, because I didn't have to start till 10. That's a lot more reasonable. These are some of the gorgeous students, um, some of the material that we taught, uh, lots of group work, lots of interaction. So what did we teach? So really, we just teach five steps and five shapes, and you've already met the first shape, right? We say that on the connect step with everyone, whoever it is, we connect with love, God through us to the other person. Then we move on to understand who that other person is. 
in all of their life. And then we get to respond to them and engage help. And so the students were saying in Nepal, when someone comes to them, they already think, oh, this problem person is a problem. And so they talk about their issue and then they say, okay, I'll pray for you. In Jesus' name, deliver this person, give them peace, amen. And after they did our training, they're like, oh, it's really different to that. Actually, we have to connect with that person and understand them before we go on to respond. Um, And we say that we need to apply all of this material, the triangle, the circles, to ourself first. We need, and this applies to any mission, Mission Sunday, we need to have have that living, vital relationship with God before we can go on and impact the lives of others. It's got to be me and God in a real, intimate relationship because he loves us and he wants to know us and he is so dependable. We can trust him in the midst of all the chaos and uncertainty in life. Then we can go on to learn attitude, skills and knowledge of helping others. So we say that people, we understand someone as a social being. God put us in families, relationships. He gave us a physical body where we talk and do. He gave us emotions and thinking in our mind. He put a heart within us. And there's a lot in scripture. And the heart can be a place of really loving and serving God and loving others, or it can be a place of deceit. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's where we need to be transformed by the Spirit of God within us. So I took these students through, well, a team took these students through all of this material and helping them and apply it to themselves. And then at the end of the first week, we did a time of ministry where they could collect up, gather up things that had be touched in them. So whether it was pain from the past, whether it was a broken relationship, whether it was distance from God, whether it was anger with God, anything that was affecting social mind, heart with the spirit and brought these issues to the cross. And so the cross is very central in pastoral care and counselling, central in mission, essential to everything we do, that God wants to build relationship with us. And so we put out a candle, lots of tea light candles, and sat around the cross, and people wrote on bits of paper what, what had happened in their hearts that week and what they wanted to give to God. And then we said this will be totally confidential, and we put it in a bucket and we burnt it, a metal bucket, just in case you're worried, a metal bucket. And then we just played music and invited people to wait for what God want, might want to do or say or just to be with God. So giving the pain, all the brokenness, all the distance to God and then just waiting and letting God give us something back. And I think often in our lives, we don't create space for God to connect with us. I I say, and everybody laughs when I say this, often we say, dear God, please bless, mommy and daddy, please help, 
please restore this relationship. Please help me to forgive in Jesus' name. Amen. And God's saying, oh, I didn't get a chance to speak. God wants to connect with us. And so we spent some time just connecting with God and just allowing, as we give what's in our hearts into God who lives within us, then he can flow out into all of our circles. So that's a picture David painted that represents the gold of who Christ is in us that we often miss, we often forget. And then as we bring our brokenness, our pain, our distance to him, he can flow out through us. I just wanted to tell you two short stories. Um, One is of a girl in Nepal whose father died when she was young and then the earthquake. So she helped look through the rubble. The earthquake is in 2015, 16. She helped look through the rubble of their church, found her best friend who then died in her arms. I'll call her Jana. And soon after that, someone led her to Christ and she had all this, you know, anger and pain and then someone else said, go to Bible college. (laughs) So she'd come to Bible college as a new Christian and she'd been suicidal. She was really wrestling with God. Um, The Nepalis say they're good at understanding the outside, our physical bodies. They're good at understanding the spirit but not so good at knowing what's in the mind and the heart and so I think we opened some doors that week and she went through this process and at the beginning she wrote I I hate she told me she said I hate you God I'm angry with you I feel so upset I feel so distant from you but I need you I know I need you put it in the bucket the prayer burnt and then we just sat quietly waiting for God, and we went round and prayed for people. And then a few days later, she said, you know what? When I did that, when I released that burden to God, he started to warm my heart. I no longer felt angry, and she often looked like this. And she said, I felt a lightness and a hope and even a little bit of joy because now I know I've let God come and touch this wounded part of my life and I know that he is faithful and I can go on having a relationship with him. Another boy was very pressured and anxious with a lot of work in his life and trying to support all of his family and he also didn't know what he should do with his life. He couldn't work out, you know, what he should do after Bible college and during this time he released all of that to God and as he waited later, He just felt such a lightness. And he said, I know the one who's going to help me find out what I do with my life. It's God. And so his his line was reconnected with God. And the next day when I, you know, we started the teaching, I I opened the ground. I sort of made a space because we're going to do role play. And they said, are we going to dance? And I said, well, we could. So we didn't just sing about dancing. They actually played the guitar and they were dancing in the freedom that God had given them. And so, yeah, God is good. God is so faithful. 
and we just need to come with come to him with what's on our hearts. And so um, I'm going to invite Kerry to come and just play some reflective music and I want to give us a chance here to do that. It doesn't have to be a dramatic thing like what you like the students in Nepal, but just anything inside of you that's worrying, that's heavy, that's a weight, I want to encourage you. You might even want to jot a few notes down if you have a pen and paper or maybe write on your phone. We're just going to have five minutes of silence and encouraging you to give that, whatever's inside of you, to Jesus and let him come and meet you. So just might be helpful to close your eyes. Noticing anything that comes to mind. Anything heavy, anything painful. Knowing he is the one who can carry and walk with us. Just collect whatever that is. Might be a relationship that's really bothering you. Might even be noticing that you've drifted away from God. Turns your back a little bit. Might even be a bit upset with God. That happens and that's okay. And I just want you to be noticing and thinking. And then gradually, as you're ready, I want you to be, I want you to imagine, I invite you to imagine giving that, whatever it is, to God. You might want to imagine putting in that bucket so it can be burned, or at the foot of the cross, or even putting it in Jesus' hands. And then just rest. Just let God be with you. Just be still. Be still and know that I am God. I am the God who loves you with an everlasting love. I am the God who forgives. God says he can forgive anything 
There's nothing too big for him to forgive. Prostitutes, tax gatherers, Pharisees, he forgave them all when they turned to him. encourage you to take a few deep breaths as you receive what God has for you. Thank you, God, that you are so gracious. Thank you, God, there is nothing that is too big or too hard for you. And thank you, God, that you also care about the little things that we want to bring you, the pains, the worries, the anxieties. You can take them all. And you can bring your love and your grace and your mercy in its place and so this morning we just want to honour you and love you and receive who you are the one who wants to live in our hearts and live out through, through us in Jesus name Amen And I just want to encourage you, if you notice something that you thought, oh, that's a bit big, I don't know if I'm ready to do that here, find someone that you trust. There's lots of people in this church who elders and even good friends who you can pray with and talk with. Um, but don't let, it, don't let things be in the way of us having that connection with God so that God can flow through us to others. Thank you.